Hey everyone, welcome back to Neuropod. In this episode, I wanted to share some thoughts about predictions I've heard related to Neuralink. These range from Neuralink giving us the ability to stream music directly to our brains, to Neuralink developing a full cyborg robot human. The likelihood of the second prediction coming true depends on how you define a cyborg. If you're thinking half man, half machine with robot arms or legs, and therefore superhuman strength, that seems pretty unlikely in my opinion. However, if you're thinking Neuralink could enable us to have superhuman brains, I think that's pretty likely. Neuralink is working on the tech that will support building superhuman brains, but right now, that application is not their priority. Instead, the team wants to focus on curing a variety of brain disorders like Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, and depression. When it comes down to it, humans are effectively just our brains with a handful of useful limbs to carry out what our brains want us to do. Our entire lives are practically just our brains. I can back this up by a thought exercise. Imagine you're 100 years old and your physical body has deteriorated so significantly that you can't even move. That would be a pretty unpleasant life, but it could still be decently fulfilling as long as there are others around you or tools to help you do what you want to do. However, if your brain has deteriorated and your body is fully functional, life wouldn't be very fulfilling. The takeaway is that if you're brain dead, you're pretty much fully dead. And since that's the case, our lives are almost entirely just our brain's lives. I think the first prediction of Neuralink giving us the ability to stream music directly to our brains is a pretty feasible prediction because we can think of Neuralink as essentially connecting our supercomputer phones to our brains, and then that results in our brains having instantaneous access to the internet cloud at any given time. Right now, apps like Spotify or YouTube and other apps can stream almost any music within a few seconds. In fact, as a side note, it was Spotify's founder, Daniel Ek's original ambition to provide a service that streamed music so quickly that it made customers feel as though they had the entire world's library of music downloaded directly on their devices at any time they want. In the United States, illegal streaming of music was common, and in Sweden, it was actually even more common. Daniel Ek felt if there was a service that was faster and more efficient than the free illegal downloads, then people would be willing to pay for that service. It turns out he was probably right because Spotify has grown into a $50 billion company with almost 300 million active monthly users. In order for humans to stream music directly to their brains, we'll need two primary pieces of technology. The first one is a method of communicating what song we want to listen to, and two, a method of retrieving that specific song almost in instantaneously. Fortunately, since Spotify and some other companies have put in the legwork to build internet cloud services that can retrieve a song within a few seconds, Neuralink just has to do the work of the first step in developing a mature brain-machine interface. If the team is successful in doing so, we can think of Kanye West's homecoming and have it play within a couple of seconds. It's important to specifically contrast that to what happens today. Like right now, we'd think of a song grab our phones, open up the Spotify app, search for the song, wait for the app to find the song, and then play it. That entire process would take about an order of magnitude more time than the former, 15 seconds versus about 1.5 seconds. 
This seems pretty cool, but it's not the application that gets me most excited about Neuralink's future. I'm more excited about the potential for the foundation that Neuralink will build that will in turn unlock tons of new advancements in the medical field. By the time the teams created a mature brain-machine interface, they should have tons of data related to what neurons fire and to what degree they do so. This can help inform how we can best treat brain disorders and methods we can use to improve memory, hand-eye coordination, or deductive reasoning ability. They'll be building a true neural net, a neural net of the brain. Based on what the team said so far, I think it's most likely they'll first conduct testing and clinical trials on animals and humans with severe brain disorders. These would be patients that in essence, quote unquote, have nothing to lose from trying this new technology. The next step after that would probably be Neuralink branching out into other types of medical equipment and prosthetics to help patients regain mobility and other lost limb functionality. An example of this would be a patient who's paralyzed from the waist down. In many instances, this type of patient still has the cognitive ability to control limbs below their waist, but those signals sent from the brain aren't delivered correctly. Neuralink could help with the ensuring delivery of those signals while also building prosthetics to help those patients move more freely. These are my personal predictions, so although I think they will happen, keep in mind that a lot of this is just me speculating. After this step, I'd assume that the team would have achieved the ability to read and write significantly more to and from the brain. They could then start testing elective procedures for patients who are interested in trying out the new tech. Since memory loss is one of the most common things to occur in older folks, this group of patients would probably want to get a Neuralink implant for the sake of improving their memory. As it works today, the Neuralink implant would connect to a phone via Bluetooth and enable patients to easily retrieve any information they've stored in the cloud. This approach would not actually improve someone's memory, it would just supplement memory loss with easy internet access. An example would be if someone asks a friend who the third president of the United States is. The person with a Neuralink could instantly ask Google and return the answer of Thomas Jefferson. This is different from the person actually regaining the ability to remember that answer. Okay, now to add some hardcore speculation, I think at this point, Elon Musk and the Neuralink team will have gotten to the point where connecting to a phone makes significantly less sense. Instead, they could just connect to any device with internet, <laughs> Starlink. And those patients could have memory support anytime they have internet. This would be a much more seamless merging of man with machine because the data from Neuralink's neural net combined with the internet connectivity could actually improve someone's memory versus just supplementing memory loss via internet access. Neuralink will probably have all the data necessary to specifically target how to train and improve different parts of the brain, almost like a specific targeted muscle workout for specific sections of the brain. That would be a fantastic future. And although it may not seem possible now, we have to dream of it in order for it to even be a possibility. What predictions do you have for Neuralink? Whether you're supportive, skeptical, or a little bit of both, let me know. Since the channel is still small, I'll make sure to read all your comments below the video or on Twitter. My name is Ryan Tanaka. Thank you for listening to this 19th episode of Neuropod. Hope you tune in again next Wednesday. Thanks.